having the knowledge about the material you need to mark and then taking that and comparing it to your budget and what those lasers are in that budget range for that wavelength option, that's the formula. That's the magic formula here to find out what the best laser is for beginners, you know? Uh, and then finally, once you have that determined, then you have to ask yourself, am I doing this as a hobby or for business? Nice. All right, guys. Welcome to the next. Uh, what is this? Our newest live stream rituals. Yeah. For Tuesdays. Um, I think today we're talking about what is your, what's the best first what's laser? Best, rate? Yeah. What's the best first laser for anyone? It's a huge question. Um, so definitely mm -hmm. something that is great to cover on the Laser Source podcast uh, for sure. Also, you mentioned the new schedule really quick. I'd love to just cover that super fast mm -hmm. so everybody knows. Uh, we are really going to be trying to be consistent with the schedule. So every Tuesday, we're going to have a normal format podcast just like this. The same old Laser Source podcast you're used to watching all of the time. Thursday will be the same topic, but we'll be doing viewer call-ins to get your guys' opinions on stuff because that went so well last week. If you guys haven't seen last week's episode about potential recessions, definitely go check it out because it was a really good episode. So this week we're doing what's the best beginner laser engraving machine for somebody who's brand new. And the next week you guys can call in and give us your opinions on that same topic. And we're going to stick really, really hard to being consistent on that schedule with a new topic every week across those two episodes. And of course, every Tuesday night, we will also be recording the LMA bonus episode for you off air, uh, which you can find over at the Laser Master Academy. It's masters.lasereverything.net. So, um, you know, okay, that's it. That's the, uh, that's the just housekeeping there real quick. Uh, but hey to everybody in the, uh, the chat there. It's nice to see you all. And uh, we've got Kyle, what's up Kyle? What up? Dude, uh, I feel like you're gonna have uh, a lot to share on this topic, man. I hope so. Yeah, you've been through what? six diode lasers in the last two months maybe five i'm uh i'm sad that the episode this episode is coming now and not a little bit later because that x tool just showed up at uh that's true at the shop but i don't think that's really a starter machine anyway that's a that's an expensive starter machine a lot of people buy it as a starter machine and that's like crazy to me um it's it's on the premium level of diodes for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you've never touched a laser before, I don't know if that's the way to go, unless you just have $1,200 burning a hole in your pocket, you know, um, in which case, you know, by all means, but there are lasers that are very, very, very good for a third of that price. Um, and you don't necessarily have to start with a diode either. I started with a CO2. What kind of laser did you, you started with a fiber, right boys? Yeah. I bought the, the 50 watt fiber laser first and we just got our mirror in mm -hmm. uh, this past weekend. So we got, I'm not good at uh, good enough at either yet. So <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. And Kyle, you started with a CO2. I did. I started yeah. with a uh, 100 watt 24 by 40 CO2. Yep. I uh, I started with a CO2. I suppose uh, way back uh, it was an AP laser, <laughs> uh, but it was through the company I worked for. It wasn't mine. I, my very first laser that I ever owned was uh, an Ohm Tech. Uh, the 
the red and black one, the same one from the channel, uh, was mm -hmm. my first laser. Probably also something I might not recommend to people getting a first time machine. They just take so much TLC. There's a lot of th good things to be said about them. They're they're ridiculously affordable, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, the value is there for sure. The, the value is there for sure. But if you're not handy and you're just trying to figure out how lasers work, you know, like would something like a Mira 5 not be a better choice where it kind of just like shows up? It's got the chiller built in, you know, it's like got the fan, like everything's aligned and like you're kind of like already working with high quality stuff. It's a budget thing, man. I mean, there's so many questions that come to mind when, you know, what are you trying to mark? Uh, what is your budget? Um, I mean, those are the two big ones. I, th we have other mm -hmm. questions for sure. I mean, people come into the Discord all the time. And they're like, I'm looking for my first laser. What one should I get? And I'm like, that's not enough information. <laughs> you How know? much time can you invest in, in you know, tuning the machine yeah. Yeah. for it to do what you want it to do? For can sure. you spend 40 or 80 hours a couple weeks straight, you know, yep. getting it the way you need it? Yep. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I feel like it's, I feel like we're kind of obligated here to talk about just some of the basic laser types real quick. Cause if you're looking for your first laser, I mean, the first thing that you, the first question that everybody should answer regardless of budget is what are you trying to engrave? Uh, if the answer is organics, right? Wood, leather, uh, acrylic, stuff like that. Uh, you, you would be looking for either a diode or a CO2. If the answer is metals. Uh, then then the answer is going to be a fiber. Uh, and of course, if the answer is plastic, then a UV is going to be what you need. Uh, you can get away with a CO2 and kind of a diode a little sometimes, depending on the plastic. Uh, but you're with infrared lasers, you're breaking the rules on play. You're bending the rules on plastic. They're not really designed for that. Uh, if you want really clean, nice, professional looking marks, you should have a UV if you're going to do plastic. So that's the first question you need to answer uh, is, is what are you going to mark? Because that's that's going to have a huge effect on uh, on what kind of laser you're going to get as your first laser. Um, and that's I mean, that's even that is assuming that you're going to buy it in a professional capacity. Right. If this is just somebody who's messing around or just wants to do this as a hobby. I mean, would either of you argue that the just the instant correct answer is a two hundred dollar diode laser? right yeah yeah i have no experience with diodes i just jumped straight into the deep end of the pool and said let's go i'm going all in mm -hmm. um, i just got a second job and said okay i asked those same types of questions through youtube and google yeah you know and i said okay uh we want to do wood wood signs right so we jumped in and we looked at uh of course well my girlfriend saw a she was exposed to a glow forge then she was all in. She's like, well, mm -hmm. it's easy. You just buy the thing and it just, there's the wood It's pre-programmed in the wood. You can scan it and you can cut it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm a little skeptical person. I'm like, well, let's look at the competition too. Yeah. Just because they're marketed well doesn't make them the best. Like, you know, so I kind of started doing my research and, you know, just kept looking around and I thought, okay, CO2 is the way to go. Then I looked at ohm techs and the same critiques that you said, Alex, is more of a, you got a little jerry-rigging, man. You got to do a little bit of a creative, uh, TLC. You know, handyman type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. especially when it comes to getting things level and stuff like that and i was like man i don't have the confidence to jump into my first laser is one is like a fixer upper right you spend less money but it is a fixer upper machine we want to run things consistently and i just was like the hell with it 
Mira is the way to go for me. It's cons- it's it's just a monster. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was touching on too. Is that for some people, it's not going to be worth the four thousand dollar difference uh, mm-hmm. to to get something that needs that much love because the Omtex seriously they are the Charlie Brown Christmas tree of lasers <laughs> like they can be great they do really really awesome work if you put the time in them mm-hmm. uh required to to really tune them up and uh Louisiana hobby guys got uh just an interesting comment here uh Rich says the cheapest diode laser is best in my opinion um I would disagree with that just a little bit. I'd probably say like the the most medium range of the diode lasers are the best. Uh, there are some things that I definitely wouldn't want a newbie to not have. Uh, Kyle has experience with uh, uh, diode lasers that don't have limit switches. <laughs> I mean, come on, like like they they gotta have limit switches. I, I, come on, Kyle, the limit switches. So limit switches definitely help. Uh, especially if you, for example, if you hit stop halfway through a job or um, if you're using absolute coordinates and you lose power yeah, and you don't remember to reset it, if you don't have limit switches, you can't home the laser. So you have to go over there and manually move it back while it's off and start it back up so that light burn can assume you're in the starting position. I mean, you have to do the math, too, to make sure that even that starting position is going to have enough space in the work area to actually run the job. Right. Because it doesn't know where it is. Does it? If you're if you're starting from the home position, you set your bed size. You Mm -hmm. at least have that. But um, if you're if you're not starting from ground zero on everything, every time you start, Mm -hmm. you have a chance of running over and hearing some not fun noises there's some stuff there's some stuff i would want on a medium range diode i think for a beginner for a first time laser user limit switches is on the list there are there are models that are not that expensive what does the laser master 2 pro go for these days i really need another window up over here um let's check that out uh because i mean limits limit switches light burn compatibility right like gerbil light burn compatibility you you, people buy these like amazon lasers and like it literally the only way to print on it is to hook it up to like an an iphone app and like Mm. bring artwork in on the phone and then you like beam it over via bluetooth like that's just not that can't be a good beginner experience maybe i'm spoiled maybe maybe i'm you know i'm spoiled with light burn and i'm spoiled with the knowledge on how to use this stuff and people love their iphone apps that only run raster images I don't know, man, but I can't I can't imagine having to to deal with like trying to do professional looking work through a phone. You get the Orter Laser Master 2 Pro S2. The three is coming out. So dropping the price a little bit for four forty nine, uh, which is not brutal. You know, uh, it's not like outrageous. And you get that nice big work area uh, and then they make the little off arrow one. Too. You can get the little off barrel one. It takes the same exact laser diodes. It moves a little bit slower. That one's on sale right now for one ninety nine. Um, that's about as cheap as they get. I feel like you've had crappier diodes that you've reviewed, Kyle, that are more expensive than that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would. I would say, if if we're looking at diodes, 
at least from the ones I've had my hands on, because you're you're more the Ortura guy at this point, right? Yeah. I I've had the Adam Stack and the Per Gears, mm-hmm. uh, the Niji. Um, I think if you're looking for straight up the smallest dot size possible to get the most detail possible. Mm-hmm. I think this the one that I've gotten the most detail out of so far is out of the Atom Stack P7 M40, right? Which is like, I think on sale it was down to two twenty. Mm-hmm. And that and was I, like that was kind of like if I remember correctly that was like the AL ones like sibling sibling unit, right? Like they were they both had that cantilever design. They were yes. both the same smaller like two hundred millimeter workspace. Yeah, yeah. And part of that like. For people who are looking at doing, for example, like tiles or photos on um, on like small canvases, like four by sixes or four by four tiles, or um, uh, what was the other project? Um, business cards you can do. You can do business cards. You can yeah. do. I mean, you could do small anneals on even metal with it. I mean, all you're going to get is anneals on like steel, but yeah. you can make that look good. Yeah, uh, we did in the uh, testing video we did before the review for the AL1. We pulled that off on a couple like pocket knives, so you can yep. you can do that. It's a permanent mark. Um, if, if that form factor fits for you, then mm-hmm. you, there are definitely options around the two hundred ish dollar mark. Yeah. Um, how much was was the one you were looking at? Uh, as far as the 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 sim- sibling in size to the uh, oh the al1 is 199.99 right now so right around 200 bucks so right around 200 um bucks. Yeah. the if you wanted a bigger footprint like the 400 by 400 ish range um i mean that's when you're starting to get into laser master two yeah the, there's the, so many options that we still haven't torn into that uh the laser storm l5 pro yet no. and then the niji max that one that's was 400 massive. by 800, right? Uh, four, 410 by 840 or something. It, it's gigantic. It's like it's, two full size diodes side by side. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I had to set aside my entire work table for mm-hmm. it, essentially. So, yeah. um, I mean, it, it depends on the footprint you want, right? You have to have room to set, set up the thing. So, and, um, yeah, if you have a table, you can dedicate to. That just Something occurred that to me too, because I when the um, the X Tool D1 Pro came in, I was like looking at the box and I'm like, "Holy shit, this thing's big!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where am I yeah. gonna put it? Like, even in my shop, I have a thousand square foot shop, and most of it is empty. And I'm like, "Am I gonna build it on the floor?" <laughs> you know, like I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Um, so definitely, you gotta pay attention to that footprint for sure. It uh, I, here's the other use case, right? Um, are you going to be doing a lot of custom work? Are you going to have four or five of these things running at a, at the same time? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the size of what you want to engrave? Are you going to be doing a bunch of custom tiles? So maybe somebody could retile their kitchen with Marvel themed tiles or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, people go through like that phase where like they order like 50 3d printers and they have like a 3d printing farm set up, you know, like is, are you yeah. doing that? Yeah, totally. I, I know a couple of people who have like eight or nine diodes that they just, when they go to their shop at the beginning of the day, they start up all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have like layers of shelves, you could set up like that Niji Max, for example, 
and bulk load the thing and sit yeah. there for eight hours while it runs. Yeah. That'd be awesome if you could set up a couple of those even. But See, you have, I would love you have to be able to for it. Well, I would love to be able to go back and just have some a young person that has an entrepreneur spirit in them and they have like a table, like a dining room table, and, and they're going to go into something simple like uh, laser and like customizing. Uh, all they're going to do is like, uh, let's say, quotes of a certain person on a yeah. um, coasters or something and, and knives, right? You know, it's only going to be so big. You can get a very, like you said, $200 laser. And you can have a business if you mm -hmm. have a market. Like if you can market it right, yeah, some yeah, kid yeah. could just start a business and grow it from there and say, okay, then they had the money to reinvest and, you know, then start going bigger. But if you're like in an apartment, you need something that's going to be compact and not take up a third of your living space, you know, that's, um, yeah. you want to eat a dinner, it's not your dinner table, you're able to sit a, sit a tablecloth on top of a mere nine million kitchen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think size is, and space is a huge factor too for your own situation like if you're trying to start an at-home business and not have a shop shop you know right yeah. um that's that's a huge consideration to is space because some of these things like you said the x tool is what is that like 800 by 800 the pro uh no it should be like four 400 by 400 it's a standard size machine but that's still i mean that's it mm -hmm. doesn't sound big but it's like it's big like that's a big area of coverage 40 centimeters mm -hmm. by 40 centimeters that's like that's like that big man that's yeah that's not a small thing that's like a big thing that's a big deal i think the footprint of the laser master 2 is bigger than the footprint of my fiber laser uh work bed mm. yeah i think i could fit the fiber laser work like just barely maybe like I, it's big well, um, my fiber laser that only goes 300 by 300 that i have i think the um yeah you know the bmw tech whatever the hell it is you know yeah um we have a quick question from uh well blow me down saying i'm looking for a laser to do custom engravings on die cast what watt Ooh. fiber laser would i need to do very fine detail uh die cast is is soft right that's like a really soft metal malleable so not a lot i'm, you, I'm assuming not a lot you could do that with like a a 20 watt yeah and a really tiny lens and get amazing detail something like a like a 70 millimeter lens or 110 millimeter lens would be mm -hmm. fine with that uh, mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't recommend something like a fit 50s are a little hard to handle that's kind of a different beast those are like really small the lens is like <laughs> like right on top of the stuff but like something yeah. from from like 70 to 110 uh would be fine with that and yeah uh you do not you do not need a lot of wattage uh in order to in order to handle die cast that would be super easy for you super easy for a small a minorly small investment above a 20 watt fiber you can get a 30 and infinitely gain your possibilities too just a bit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 30 watt as as small of a jump as it is gives you a little a, a, a little more capability in a lot of ways yeah i should say Definitely. Well, we got a friend. We got a friend of the family in here. That mom and lasers just stopped in to say hey to everybody. Hey yo, <laughs> got got all the fam popping in to say hi. Oh yeah, and Dallas Roos here says opinion on Z Tech fifty watt laser. I am not familiar with Z Tech. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I would. I would hate to cast judgment on them because mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with their equipment. Well, that's the thing too. I think when it comes to, like you said earlier, Alex, is picking your your material you're going to work with is 
you got to do some serious research because mm-hmm. it's it, this is a foreign language to me still. Like I'm still trying to pick up all these different terms. Yeah. Um, and when you talk about materials, that comes with experience. So I, where would you where would you point someone if they're asking about like, OK, I'm going to do a die cast. How do I find out how soft, how malleable it is? How like how do they know that detail that the uh, science of it really yeah, that's a that's a good question because that's not really how I have gone about it uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I didn't go the research route. I did the I did the keep falling in the hole until you figure out to jump over it way. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I I think the number one way is always going to be to find a responsive and uh trustworthy and helpful community of people that have done what you are trying to do already uh and and get that advice from them i think that's the best way to do it it's not always the best way to do it because you can get bad advice i've seen laser groups that give people settings for pvc engraving uh so there's not you know it's not it's not a fail safe uh i would i would say you know when in doubt first thing you should do is check an msds on a material and see what mm. happens when you set it on fire. Uh, that, that would be the first thing. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. if that is safe, then start moving to like the getting advice from, from people that, that are mm. ahead of you. You know, um, a lot of metals you can, you can just kind of tell, I mean, there's like the, um, what is the Mohs Moore's Mohs hardness scale. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while since 10th grade science, but there's a hardness scale. For materials uh and if you start to look at those lists you can kind of start to get an idea uh you know i i typically but it's not it's not just about hardness see this is there's so many variables in laser right. marking I, reflectivity is huge something super soft like silver uh super malleable super easy to bend break uh is much 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 harder to engrave than something super hard like titanium titanium you can engrave no problem it absorbs a ton of that ir and silver reflects so much of that beam away that it's far more difficult you have to go way slower you have to get way hotter you need to pull that line distance way in and that's why i think really talking to people you can do all the research in the world and i'm not saying you shouldn't you should but you could do all the research in the world and then come across a situation like that well i i just took an eighth inch out of this titanium it took me four hours but i took an eighth inch out of it why can't i mark this silver like it literally will not mark at all and it's like man you got you need a line distance of like 0.002 you know you got to tighten that way up it's got to get real hot because you're losing so many of those photons so uh things like that little things like that are things that you're only going to pick up from a good community uh, luckily not to you know this is pretty shameless but uh we have a few if you are new around here links to the discord and laser everything facebook group down in the description completely free great communities go check those out but uh, sorry long-winded a a link to your youtube video that has your buyer's guide in there yeah break things down a little bit for price points and um so the, stuff like that yeah so i would i would stick to the text buying guide right now we have one mm-hmm. over at uh, lasereverything.net slash buying guide uh the text one is up to date the video version uh which fiber laser to buy first of all only covers fibers so we don't talk about other materials and other right. options uh and, and it's outdated we recommend some brands and some of the technical 
uh, kind of jargon that we use in there actually isn't accurate. So I'd hate to teach people bad habits. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a new one. It's going to come out alongside of the laser everything marketplace. So, uh, you know, Kyle and I will have that out soon. But for now, I would stick to the paper one. That buying guide has tons of information, multiple different kinds of lasers. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that would be a good place to start. Can we shoot that over into the, um, yeah. into the comments yeah. that way? Because we have a few people here like Sparrow says, you know, I have a question for anyone who want to help me out. I'm new to the laser world. I'm looking to engrave aluminum, not anodized cuff bracelets. and would like to know what type of laser do I need? So that's something I think he could find the type of answers he's looking for, he or she, mm-hmm. um, in that buying guide that might help and then start you know. And that's, you know, that's something we should talk to Amanda about, Kyle. Uh, we could probably make it so that we have like a qu- like a quick form, you know, like looking for a laser. What are you trying to mark? And they type in a material and mm, then they yep. like put in their budget and it spits them a recommendation. You that's, know, like that would be really huge. cool. That would be huge. And I think Amanda would be really good at that. So uh, I'm going to forget that idea. So please remember it for me. Okay, bro. Because that's going to that's going to just flood right out. But that would be something like that would be sick. Uh, The answer to your question, Sparrow, is um, a fiber. Uh, Since it's not anodized, you can't remove coatings. So CO2 and diode can both remove coatings from metal like powder coat or anodizing but they can't mark the metal themselves with very few exceptions uh aluminum is not one of those exceptions so if you're trying to actually mark bare aluminum you will need a fiber laser it doesn't have to be a powerful one aluminum is very easy to mark with fiber uh, but it will need to be a fiber one one thing i will add that isn't part of the buying guide yet Mm -hmm. uh the wisely that i just Mm. reviewed Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're looking for fibers, one thing I will recommend to check through the buying guide. There's a few options there. Yeah. Um, and it's good to look at different options based on what you want. So some vendors will offer certain sources. Some mm-hmm. will offer MOPA. Some will offer lower wattage. Some will target higher wattage. Some will have stuff out of stock. So shop around. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get good prices from reputable sellers uh, and get quality. Yep. Uh, there is such a thing as too cheap because usually it means they're cutting corners. Yep. So, um, yeah, but. that's huge, especially on on fibers. Um, that's a that's a really big concern with fiber lasers. So many fiber lasers are like sixteen hundred bucks. 60 watt mopa m7 and it's like that's how much the source in that machine costs like there's that math doesn't add up you know like the parts cost more than that they're they're selling that at a loss like there's there's a problem there you have to you have to recognize that a lot of new first timers like don't understand that they don't see that that is fishy because they don't know what they're looking at uh fiber lasers man there's a lot of pitfall companies out there um where it's just the math doesn't add up dude and there's something going on like just the the components required to make that machine uh the way it's being advertised cost more than what they're charging for the machine really Mm -hmm. really big really really big red flag so we want to make sure that we keep an eye out for that for sure so Um, like here's the perfect situation cost for 600 bucks what are you gonna get for 600 bucks not a fiber um Not not a yeah, there's there's there is not a fiber laser that you can buy for six hundred dollars, uh, to my knowledge, at this time. Um, at least not one we would recommend. Yeah, I think the cheapest one 
I think the cheapest laser that that the fi the cheapest fiber laser that I could recommend would probably be one of these over here. EM Smart. I'm working on the review for it right now. The review will be mixed slash positive. Um, there's definite limitations to owning something like this. The execution was fairly good. The company's okay. Uh, so, but that, that price, right? you that price is dropping. There's sacrifices for that. Uh, and these run around two grand. Mm. So that's where the line starts for these, for these machines. And we're talking about 20 watt lasers here. Uh, you're, you're starting around two grand. So if anyone tries to sell you a, uh, a $600 fiber laser, please run the opposite direction as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> Well, there's people asking, do you think it's a good idea to purchase light, light burn to get familiar with the uh, software before you get your laser? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and that brings up a great point, by the way. Uh, if you're in the market for your first fiber laser, uh, right now, Lightburn only supports EasyCAD two boards. Uh, and the especially the, the Chinese vendors love upselling you to the EasyCAD three boards. And uh, you won't be able to use Lightburn if you get an EasyCAD 3 board. There's there's one use case for EasyCAD 3 that would not apply to most people, which is if you're literally unboxing the thing and putting it on like a production line in a factory. EasyCAD 3 might be the better option. Uh, or if you like seriously need the 3D engraving feature, like you have... I don't even know sculptures and you need to engrave inside up the hills of the mountains on your terrain sculpture over and over and over again like those very specific cases like either hardcore 3d engraving i'm not talking about tumblr i'm not talking about cylinders i mean like complex 3d shapes or you're getting it for like a factory production line. You need to do like macros and program it to do certain things or work with cameras for like marking on the fly, stuff like that. Then yes, EasyCAD 3. For everybody else, which is 99.9% .9 of you watching, EasyCAD 2 board is fine. Lightburn is amazing. Absolutely. I would definitely download the free trial, start playing with it right away. You can start on the crash course. We have two crash courses coming. Uh, well, one is out, one is coming. So the Lightburn for Galvo crash course is out now. That's for fiber lasers, CO2 Galvo lasers, and UV lasers. And Kyle is right in the middle of working on the Lightburn for Gantry crash course, which covers diodes and Gantry CO2 lasers. Uh, both of those are great tutorials, and you can start messing around with Lightburn right away uh and and start to follow those courses and learn the ins and outs of the software before you begin i, I think that's a wonderful idea yeah i really wish i would have known that thing about the whole easy cad three two thingy because i bought just bought that fiber laser and i like i, I didn't know enough to yeah. ask the you don't know what you don't know you know yeah so i have the easy cad three and i'm like man Shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a link to it right now maybe kyle can grab it uh but we do have the easy cad three downgrade guide as well on the channel it's uh it's it's fairly easy to follow there's a little bit of soldering required you can destroy your machine if you're not paying attention so mm. pay attention but it can be done uh it's it's not that hard it's like five or six solder points uh and it's all wires to connectors nothing on boards you know mm. wiring to soldering to boards um so so fairly easy so if you did get stuck with an easy cad three board downgrading is not that bad easy cad two mm. boards are like 500 bucks uh, so 
How not a, it's not ideal. Like 500 bucks for the full size mm. ones. Yeah. And then the, the light boards are like 250, which are also fine. They work for easy CAD just fine. Depends on how many extension accesses you need. So if you yeah. are planning on using an XY table, you're going to need two extension axes. You're going to need a, uh, you're going to need a, uh, a full size easy CAD two board on that. So, uh, and Kyle threw that link in chat for you guys, uh, just so you know. Bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> Tech Turtle says, uh, if I'm nice, Alex might sell me his for $600, right? <laughs> maybe maybe someday when uh, when just the Laser Everything studio is so full of lasers, we'll just do like a secondhand dump. Uh, Kyle, you're planning on giving away some diodes pretty soon, right? Yes. Uh, I still need a couple of them for comparison's sake. Um, yeah. But yes, we will nice. be giving away diodes likely before the end of the year. I'm not sure when, though. Chill. So something to look forward to for sure. You know, uh, so Louisiana Hobby Guy here says once I downgrade, um, I Lightburn Lightburn would support EasyCAD three. Like how? What? I know it's a dumb question, but people are going to ask. Like, when do is Lightburn working on EasyCAD three? You know, like, and, and what's that? Because they have a good first run with EasyCAD 2. I wonder how hard it is to change it to EasyCAD 3. I don't I don't want to speak for Jason. Jason's the best right. person to ask about this. But, but if I was just going on my gut instinct based on the things that I've seen and heard mm -hmm. uh, around him, his associates, and the community, I would say that I would not be shocked if we had Easy 3 support by the end of the year. Then I'm gonna hold off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that that would be my uh, that would probably be my um, my max though. Uh, so yeah, uh, no no dumb questions. Of course, uh, <laughs> there are no dumb questions. You guys ask uh, you guys ask whatever you want. But yeah, I, I would say I would say I, I I would think by the end of the year we'll see something uh, a beta a trial. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it's not like out out something. Mm -hmm. Um, by the end of the year so yeah that's one thing i like about having that mirror is now i can actually use Lightburn and mm. apply that knowledge not just practice on the free trial for a month you know like yeah. i want to actually burn something you get, you get that taste of goodness man well that's that's part of the reason why for like people that are like brand spanking new and have never ever owned a laser before a 200 diode a 200 dollar diode or a 300 dollar diode laser is a great toe dip in the water because almost all of them support lightburn uh via their their gerbil so lightburn like the um uh yeah the lightburn gerbil uh dsp license you don't even need dsp i think it's just 60 bucks right and you can just get the gerbil license like the no i think you need uh, dsp you have to buy it one or the other um yeah if you're working on yeah. the mirror you need a dsp anyway um guys it doesn't cost it's very very inexpensive that's my point um and you can learn how a light burn works before buying a more expensive laser uh so that's definitely something that that you would want to check out but i don't you know i don't regret also my time with ohm tech i just want to throw that out there too um ohm tech taught me a lot about how those machines work not like the company the reps but like that machine that red and black machine because in order to use it and have it work right i needed to like take it apart and put it back together again and when you do that to something you kind of figure out how they work you know um it was a really great experience i had the time 
and the energy and I really enjoy this. It's fun for me. So uh, I didn't mind doing it. And some people there's more on the line for that or they have less time for that. I get it. But it was invaluable for me because I learned a lot about how these machines work just because I was put in a situation where I had to I had to figure it out. So just something else to consider as well. I'm in that boat, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For, for the viewers who who don't know what I'm referring to, um, my machine that's now currently behind a metal rack. Uh, I didn't even <laughs> notice that until you pointed yeah. that out. That's so my, weird. my whole shop is torn apart because I had to get behind and to mm. the side of the machine. So yeah. um, I had uh, two of the three power supplies die on me. And so I've taken the opportunity to, and the third one was acting up anyway. So the company that sold it to me, I bought it through eBay. I got a really good price on it, but with that really good price came some false promises. Mm. Um, they didn't honor the, the one year warranty surprise. Uh, and this mm. is a big company, mind you. Um, they just didn't respond. They ghosted me mm. and full on ghosting, full on ghost. They admitted that, yeah, there's a warranty. Mm -hmm. But when I asked them mm -hmm. to initiate the warranty claim to send me replacement parts, I even offered to pay shipping or if they told me what it is, I'd order it from them. Ghosted. Rough. So uh, anyways, luckily the parts you needed weren't that expensive. So we, yeah, we went pa shopping. Power supplies, man. Uh, three power supplies, and uh, I'm I'm switching it over to 110, so it's no longer going to be a 220 machine. So I can Good. not have a gross transformer stuck to my machine. Point being, hmm. you're you're learning how your machine is wired and its electrical requirements because you are being forced to. Yes, it's not so, it's it's not a reason to buy a crappy machine, but it's a silver lining. Yes. So consideration is, short, gives you yeah. confidence to work on it. Yeah. Well, I think too, another consideration is how, how much customer support do you think you're going to need? If you're a newbie like myself, yeah. you're going to want serious customer support or be a part of a really good community yeah. um, that will help you through things like that. That's another you know reason you want to go with a, you know, for me, I, that's why I thought, you know, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, people know that better, laser companies and higher quality lasers come with better support and they just can't afford them. I think a lot of people look to laser marking and laser engraving as a clean slate. You know, it's like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to break the chains of whatever it is holding me down in life. And I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, and that doesn't always come with a full bank account. You know what I mean? So if, if, even if people have that knowledge, sometimes you just have to buy the the lesser option. And that's why communities like this exist, because that's been a lot of us. I didn't have a dime when I bought my first laser. I literally spread it around on four credit cards and my PayPal credit account, uh, like like literally uh, in order to get that that transaction process. I, I didn't have a dime. Um, and that's why I have a big hundred watt red and black Ruida controlled you know it, it isn't even an ohm tech it's just a, like an ohm tech copycat uh sitting in the shop because it uh it was the only thing that i could get to try to start my business and luckily i found people along the way that were willing to help me out well shout out to the hobby guy 
from Louisiana here for the for the donation, the super chat. Thank you, Rich. Good people. Always. Always great having you by, man. That's right. You know, and here's the bearded builds. He says he has three owns. He loves tinkering with them. So that's if, if that's what you're into, then they're they're workhorses. I heard they're yeah, dude. Yeah, if you're if you're into that, they are like a, a wet dream. <laughs> Let mm -hmm. me just be like that is they are so fun to work on if you like tinkering. A lot of people don't like tinkering. A lot of people mm -hmm. want to design stuff and engrave stuff. Uh, that's me. But, but yeah, for, I want to plug real. and play, man. I dude, plug and play. I love ripping these things apart and putting them back together and changing how like that's just fun for me man yep there's something out there for him that's true yeah this, there is yeah there is mm -hmm. whether whether you're looking you know at the ohm techs uh or or diodes and you're trying to start at that low level or you need a plug and play solution right you're looking at something like aeons uh the aeon mirror line or the aeon novas really high-end stuff guys really nice uh some of the best best ruida controlled lasers on the market or even the thunder lasers if you're doing if you're looking for more of like an industrial application instead of like a commercial sided application uh, some of the thunders could be great too uh if it's in your budget I, I think budget's a huge part of this knowing the knowledge having the knowledge about the material you need to mark and then taking that and comparing it to your budget and what those lasers are in that budget range for that wavelength option, that's the formula. That's the magic formula here to find out what the best laser is for beginners, you know? Uh, and then finally, once you have that determined, then you have to ask yourself, am I doing this as a hobby or for business, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and make decisions accordingly. But uh, I, I just don't, man, like I, I was guessing randomly when, when I, first got started in this industry about what to get and what they did uh and it, it pays to have somebody there that's got your back that can answer yeah. questions uh that can help walk you through the the process and help you avoid pitfalls i think it's just so important well my thing is too is for me i'd rather work another job to get the right yeah fiscal availability just i have just liquidy uh, liquid cash just sitting there ready to go and so I worked the second job. My girlfriend, she worked the second job. We still are. Yeah. Because uh, we want to start our business with no debt. So we paid, you know, we, we, we said, okay, we need $10,000. Okay. Yeah. Let's go do it. Then I got, then I found your damn channel, got me on these damn fiber lasers. I'm like, well, there's six more. And there we go. I'm going to go all in, you know. Yeah. But that's, that's me. I'm the type of person I'd rather work harder and push this back for six months to a year and say, okay, I want to be ready and debt free up front to give it more chance to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's one of my biggest factors was, you know what, I don't want to buy something and have to upgrade and have to upgrade. You're constantly, you know, you're, you're slowing down your own progress. That's how I felt about it for myself. I was like, you know what, let's just do your research and find what fits your needs. Like you said, the, the whole, for me, customer support is huge. Yeah. And you get what yeah. you pay for. And like you're saying, you get what you pay for. So I said, fuck it. I mean, just go all in, Yeah, you know, work hard play yeah. hard now <laughs> so i think a lot of people that click on this video after it's live i know you guys like hanging out with us that's why you're here right now because you love our smiling faces and uh our soothing voices I'm, I'm well aware of that uh but people that click on this video later they're like where are the brands give me the brand names i want to hear brand names 
Uh, so we'll rattle some off really quick. I think would be totally fair. Uh, mm-hmm. Diodes, Adam stacks, pretty much always going to be good. Uh, the Orchur lineup, pretty much always going to be good. If you want to be a baller and you just got a brand new set of gold grills, uh, X tool, why not? Uh, it's it's going to be a good, you're not going to get like a crappy laser unless you mess up putting the thing together. It's not going to just fall apart on you. You know, like it's going to have all the essential functions and components in order to do what it needs to do. Uh, am I am I not thinking of anything, Kyle? We haven't we haven't sunk our teeth into the Niji yet. Like I haven't fully, right. I haven't sunk my teeth into the Niji <clears throat> enough to really have a strong preference one way or the other. Yeah, sure. um, so we'll get to it. Per gears, I would say, are very much more or less atom stacks. They use atom stack diodes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you could get an atom stack versus a pure gear, they go on sale one way or the other right compare the di- compare the diode modules right 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 um, and the and the uh just the, the l5 laser storm and the l5 lasers laser storm pro uh one of the big differences between those two models is the limit switches which we talked yes. about earlier so limit um, switch and i think it has an e-stop as well i'm just saying man uh definitely pay attention to that kind of stuff look and yep. see what you need um we do have a before we move on to the next type here yeah beautiful thank you emily um happy to support those who serve she says thank you for all you do thank you for being here uh we love having you around it's great seeing you pop in i i don't uh we actually don't get you on live streams very often you gotta come through more often dude hang out with us hang out with the boys that's right um okay so those are your recommendations for diodes diodes yeah they're just dot diode lasers specifically it's like going to the grocery store and buying like the brand name soap you know like there, mm-hmm. there's some the brand name peanut butter like there's some stuff you just don't get the store brand of don't get the don't get the store brand dawn don't get the store brand jiff right like get the get the name brand stuff it's that much better sometimes mm-hmm. it matters diode lasers get the name brand stuff you're gonna like it we're it's not saying well. the uh, the off-brand ones are bad. We don't know, but in some cases, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know enough. I know enough to just say, and they're all that. It's less about that and more that like one is like one ninety nine ninety nine, and then the 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 cheap knockoff alternative is like one eighty seven forty three, and it's like is and that, that thirteen bucks really is totally worth it? Worth it. Does, does that matter? Like at that, you know, when when we get into fiber lasers. And we're talking about name brand fiber lasers, right? Like, is 9,000 that much better than 7,700? That's a different, that's yeah. a different conversation, right? Uh, with diodes, that difference is so much thinner. I, I think it's just, just go with the brand names. Like, you're not, whatever comes, even if you know nothing about what you just bought, whatever comes is going to, is going to be decent. Mm-hmm. that's that's what i'm getting after right um so you know that's that ohm techs uh we, we want to do this one before yeah, we let's do co2 yep another shout out here you got kelly sticks Stixel. thank you kelly thank kelly you kelly's a kelly's a bro kelly. for sure yep we love kelly thank you kelly thank you kelly awesome um co2 lasers ohm techs great value great opportunity to learn how 
gantry lasers work. And uh, like repair them. Yeah. Sometimes your only option. Are they are they bad machines? I don't I don't think so, personally. I don't think they're bad machines. I just think that they have very loose QA, you know, uh and and poor borderline poor support. Uh which it is what it is, you know, it's a two thousand dollar, three thousand dollar, four thousand dollar big ass gantry laser. You know what you pay for. Um you know, can you afford the time to put the TLC into a machine like that? Do you have the desire to put the TLC into a machine like that? If the answer to either of those questions is no, look at a more expensive option. Uh, it, it's not worth it, especially if you're buying for business use. If you are buying for business use, especially a business that's already generating revenue, mm. And you need a plug, you right? You produce a product and you need to market. Maybe don't start with the home tech. Yeah, time is money there. Yeah, for real. Because uh, mm -hmm. at that point, it's already too late, right? Every minute that that machine is not marking, you're losing money. So maybe don't start there. Maybe look at something more expensive. If you're generating revenue, you should be able to afford something more expensive anyway. Yeah. Uh, outside of that specific call out, would I recommend an ohm tech laser to people sure sure i i like mine a lot i really do i genuinely like mine it's a good machine i like it's like that crappy old car that you drove in high school and now it just sits in the driveway and you don't want to get rid of it you know like you love that car though i love that car uh that that's how i feel about it so still starts on the first turn man shit man uh that's <laughs> what i'm saying so so yeah so yeah consider an ohm tech if it sounds like something that's right for you uh, after that, when we tear up, what are we looking at? Thunders, no Aeons, thunders, boss, Aeons, boss. Um, I don't. I actually, it's been a while since I've looked at bosses' pricing. Are they in line with the Thunder Aeon stuff, or are they, are they more, more or, less? or less? I don't know. I, we don't. I don't talk about boss a lot. Does boss even run Ruida controllers? Do they they even, do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Been a minute. Um, I think they just switched over to hybrid servos like Aeon and Thunder mm, as well. Playing a little catch up. Or they they might, it might be an upgrade option. Yeah. Uh, the boss is an option. It's one of those. She says um, close. I take her word Laguna. for this. Yeah, Laguna. I actually spent some time with Laguna out at the APA Expo in Vegas last year, and I got to talk to them. Their machines... Uh, look pretty nice. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty nice. So uh, definitely something to, to take a look at for sure. Yeah, the value is different between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people got people have. Uh, yeah, bosses in line with Luka. that one. I like. Can we throw that one up? That's a good. Yep. That's a, yeah. From from uh, Jason there. Boss is in line with Laguna. That is accurate. So so boss Apple, and Laguna Apple. are here. Then we've got top tier Thunder Aeon right up at the top. Uh, very different machines. I've always viewed the the Aeon machines as more of like a commercial uh, application. And Thunder mm -hmm. has always kind of felt more like industrial to me, depending on mm -hmm. which of those industries you find yourself marking for more in uh, may help sway your opinion uh, or decision between one or the other of those. The mirrors are sleek. They're very pretty. They're very showy big on like your instagram game you know or whatever uh like the, it's just it's got that look it's just it looks cool and new uh the thunders are more like 
like yeah. beefy, you know, it's like shop. chunky boys. Yeah. <laughs> Which still looks cool in its own right. Don't get me wrong. I, there's nothing mm. wrong with a sexy picture of a thunder laser on social media. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, it's definitely a different vibe, you know, um, guys, there's rave reviews about both of those companies. I don't think you're going to be disappointed with either of them when they show up. There are pl- pros and cons to uh, any of them. Leon, I know that kills me. I hate that because there's a giant capital A in the beginning. And you know what? I think I'm just going to keep saying Aeon and uh, they can get over it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it, dude. It's a giant. If if they want Eon is E-O-N. Yeah. Well, but also remember that there's a uh, graphic uh, novel Eon Flux spelled the same way, too, though. That is true. Uh, that is true. I wish you didn't bring that up because that, that, uh, that's irritating me now. Neither here nor there. Uh, so that's CO2s. Done. Check them off the list. Uh, fibers. Fibers, 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 guys. Um, fibers are tough. Isn't that more about like laser source than it is about the company? Yes. It's at the end of the day, you're, you're buying a source. Uh, and then the shell around it to get the beam out of the inside uh, and, and you know, to the outside. Kelly says, Trotec epilogue, then make you hurt in the wallet. So I'm just so we're really clear here. I'm not talking about Trotec or uh, epilogue because they run proprietary controllers and software. Uh, so I'm not talking about them. Uh, we're talking about Lightburn compatible Rurita controlled machines. In this I, list, I, I, I just think once you get into Epilogue and Trotec, you're no longer looking at beginner level either. Yeah, and once you're at Epilogue or Trotec, you're not watching my channel anymore. You're, you're, you're doing something else. I, you you're, know, they're spending some, fifty or a hundred grand on a laser. If you oh. buy, if you buy Trotec or Epilogue, you're getting help from Trotec and Epilogue, <laughs> not YouTube. That's that's really what it, it comes down to. Uh, Kyle, so you, you said fifty that, to hundred thousand. For the most part, for a new laser, yeah, yeah. I, the the cheapest, the the absolute cheapest, smallest epilog machines start at like twenty five thousand dollars, um, and that's just for their gantry machines. And then they have they have like the G two, like the epilog G two is their uh, multi focus fiber laser system with like lens swap ability and like all this crazy stuff. I think the last time I looked, and this was a while ago, the minimum price was like seventy thousand dollars on that machine so I, again we're we're talking about yeah. ruida right controlled light burn compatible machines uh and that's why we're not talking about uh epilogue or trotec in this conversation anyway fiber lasers yes uh it is it's about the source we're talking about the source here the source is the key everything else can be fixed or replaced uh, you don't want to fix or replace everything else, uh, but it can be. You, you got to get a good source. Um, maxes, I you know I used to say never ever buy a max laser source. Now I've I've kind of changed my opinion. I say maxes are fine if you want it for a second laser or for travel, but I don't I wouldn't want a business that relied on one as my primary and only ability to to mark metal. I, I just wouldn't. I'm not there yet. Uh, they've been doing stuff to update their company, update their image, perhaps improve their their sources. Uh, but I've just not seen the light yet on that. So I'm going to maintain my my be wary of Max kind of kind of rating on that. 
What do we got here? So Thunder and Eight and Eon is also making fiber laser lines now too. Yeah, I yeah, think we absolutely. had Alicia on. She had the new Thunder fiber, right? Yeah, the uh, Aurora. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which we'll I'll get to. I'm actually I've got a note about that. Um, mm-hmm. That that's a little asterisk. I'm going to save for the end of this tirade that I'm on right now. But um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, the Mac sources. Meh. Uh, Rakus are fine if you don't need a wide frequency range. If your primary goals are very deep engraving uh, or or cutting of thin metals like sheet metals and things like that, Rakus, dope, no problem. If you're looking for an anneal machine that's going to do a bunch of beautiful colors on stainless or a bunch of plastics uh, or polymers, things like that, Rakus, not the go-to. Uh, because they typically have very limited frequency ranges, anything from like 30 to 80. I've seen some 30 to 65 kilohertz machines. Uh, that frequency range on those uh, Rakus units is really tight. They do make MOPA lasers, and they are not very prevalent in the market right now. They're very difficult to find installed inside of reliable machines. So normally when you see a Rakus, it's going to be a Q-switched Rakus. You're going to see that limited uh, frequency range on those. So again, deep engraving, cutting, rakus, great, no problem. Uh, otherwise, you want to look at a JPT. Uh, JPT is really the only thing I recommend to people these days. Uh, they're they're excellent, excellent sources, very high quality uh, on build and performance. Usually, you're looking at a frequency range on these machines of one to four hundred or one to six hundred kilohertz, way up into the anneal range way way up into the anneal range and that's just on their their regular mopa like non pulse width adjusted models i think when you start getting to like the 60 watt m7 80 watt m7 sources those frequency ranges start to bump up into like the one to four thousand kilohertz range yep. uh which is just ridiculous and of course we could get into mopa lasers and, and a whole a whole lot more here uh well, i but got a question about that the, then yeah sure what's up what what is the benefit to go to this, go that high of a frequency? What does that what does that allow you to? Well, yeah. So uh, that's access? such a big question, and it doesn't sound like one, but it is. It's um, a, an infinite number of variety of answers. The freak, yeah. Seriously, the frequency, <laughs> the frequency inherently is the number of times because these fiber lasers are not continuous wave lasers; they're pulsing, right. they're turning yeah. on and off thousands of times per second, right? Kilohertz, thousands of times per second. The frequency is how many times that laser is pulsing per second. 20 kilohertz is 20,000 pulses per second, okay? The faster you pulse that laser, the less time the laser has to charge up between pulses. So when you are marking at 400 kilohertz, that beam is going to be significantly weaker. It's going to have a significantly weaker impact on the material than when you're marking at 20 kilohertz, right? People like this. This is good because it means that we can heat things instead of ablating them. We want to just heat them up. Uh, Prime example of that, colors on steel, right? Colors on steel, we want high frequency ranges and adjustable pulse width so that we can heat the metal without actually engraving into it. Um, so so that is is why. Now, when you get into MOPAs, and this is where things get 
complicated is that uh, the the master oscillator, uh, what is it? Master oscillator, come on, uh, power amplifier. Yeah. That. Uh, allows you to change the length of the pulses. So we have how many times is it pulsing per second and how long is it pulsing for? So the, the okay. duration of that pulse, right? And if you, if you drop that pulse duration way down, it's like a fine power adjustment. So your power percentage, one to 100%, would be like your, your big macro adjustment, right? And then your pulse duration, you can turn up to get really long, heavy, striking pulses. Boom, 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 right? Like the pulses last for a long time. Mm -hmm. Or you could turn that way down, six nanoseconds. That's six billionths of a second uh, that pulse lasts, right? Uh, that would be a very low impact mark. So um, one of the beautiful things about this is that everybody always thinks about the colors. So I want to mark the colors. One of the coolest things that you can do with mobile lasers is jack your frequency up and then jack your pulse duration up. So you're marking more times per second and the pulses are staying on for longer. And that means that you can keep your relative power at higher frequencies which is really cool. So uh, if I was hitting the material at 20,000 times per second and it was doing a pretty good ablation and I wanted to ablate faster and I turned my frequency up to 400, now my laser is super weak. But on a MOPA, if I raise my pulse duration and I turn it up to 400 kilohertz, it's now hitting 400,000 times per second with the power it was hitting mm. at 20. Right? Does that gotcha. that that's a very it's a it's a complex topic. And Kyle that's and I are Kyle and I are getting into MOPA stuff later this year. I'll do a nice big demonstration. We'll talk about it, how it works, what the consequences are when you start messing with those kind of settings. Um, so so we will get into all of that later. But uh, yeah, uh, Kelly says, Alex, before you end, please address the JPT M8 while on the fiber subject. Are you tracking? What do you expect in the market for the rest of us? Thanks. Sure, Kelly, happy to talk about the M8. So uh, the big thing with the M8 is the pulse power. Pulse power is measured in millijoules. Typically, machines for uh, fiber lasers, typically the pulse power is the maximum amount of energy that you can build up before a pulse is released. So at some point when you have your frequency set uh, super low and your pulse duration set super high, you're going to hit a, a wall where your machine's like, bro, I can't handle that much power. You know, that, that pulse duration's too long. Uh, we're getting into like continuous wave territory, you know, where the, it's it, the, the components inside the machine simply can't handle that much energy. And you're going to hit that wall where it says, bro, you need to bring your frequency up or you need to pull that pulse duration down because it's too much. That number, that limit, is your maximum pulse output power. On M7 machines, that maximum pulse output power is typically 1.5 millijoules to 2.0 millijoules of energy per pulse. Okay, On the M8, it's going to be, uh, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, uh, I don't know if you've seen this stuff too, uh, multiple times higher than that uh so what you're looking at with m8 is very very high very powerful p 
pulse output powers, which effectively means that you can mark things that the infrared lasers saw as transparent. Uh, so you're, you're going to be marking glass. Uh, you're going to be hitting metals much harder than you were before. Uh, it'll be great for cutting applications because you can deliver a lot more power in the same amount of time as you can with something like an M7. I don't know what the release date window is. I don't know how much they're going to cost. They're probably going to be super expensive uh, and, and cost prohibitive. Not that UV lasers aren't already, which is what you need to mark glass uh, as a Galvo now because the pulse nature of a Galvo CO2 doesn't really allow you to mark glass effectively asterisk exceptions to that but um without getting too complicated on air right now because we are live and i don't want to bore people um the the m8s are uh are, are gonna have super high pulse output powers that is the um that is the difference between the m8 and the m7 yeah from, from what i can tell i'm just reading the documentation that's being dropped here and there you know and, and picking up on notes and stuff like that so I've I've only seen the documentation on the I think it's the twenty watt variety of the M eight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, allegedly, it's wildly different versus the hundred watt. Sure. M8. Yeah. Sure, uh, it is. It, well, I mean, versus like an M seven, a twenty or thirty watt M seven versus a sixty or eighty or hundred watt M seven, you're still within 0.5 millijoule. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the twenty to one hundred is. It's a big it's a big range. It's a big jump apparently. We're talking about multiple millijoules of energy per pulse. Like the 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 technology there for the systems to handle more energy throughput is what is being increased here. Yeah. Um so so that's where we should see the difference. Now, now to be fair, I don't know this for sure cuz I haven't seen Yeah, we're speculating. Right. We yeah, let me be super clear. We are 100% speculating right now. There's very little official released information out about these things. Um, this is speculation based on stuff that, that we've seen out and about. Um, if somebody reaches out to us with some M8 information, we'd happily accept it. We would. We sure would. You can email that to, uh, you know, uh, I was going to throw an email out there, but I don't know if I should. Um, so-and-so. You can, you can find our I, email. <laughs> yeah, you can find you can find our email if you're committed. Um, listen, guys, uh, we're hitting an hour here. I think it's time to go to I think it's time to go to bonus episode. Um, are we gonna are we gonna like take five minutes and just set it up and do it live? Do sure. it live? Sure. King, whatever. All right, we'll do it live. I think we're gonna do it live. Uh, so, <laughs> who wants to hang out more? Ten or fifteen minutes, guys. Go hit up the Laser Master Academy. Sign in and uh, join us for the bonus episode. You can find it over at masters.lasereverything.net. All of the important information that we put up on this channel goes up absolutely free for everyone because I do not like locking things behind paywalls. And the reason that I'm able to do that and still feed my family and pay these guys their salary and everything else that I need to do is because people just like you support the channel over at the Laser Master Academy. You get some awesome bonus goodies like bonus episodes of the Laser Source podcast. Uh, you get bonus live streams. We've been doing LMA office hours lately, which is pretty cool. Kyle and I just hang out and answer your questions. It's just, you know, open open game. Uh, and you guys come in and we just we try to solve problems. Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun doing that. I think we're doing episode four of LMA office hours tomorrow. 
so worth checking out. So bonus live streams. There's hundreds of hours of bonus live streams, uh, the bonus podcast episodes. We got laser parameters. We got an excellent community. There's over 2,100 people that are part of the Laser Master Academy making this public content available to you guys. Uh, so if you want to join them one more time, masters.lasereverything.net. We're going to close out here and then go live over there for today's bonus episode. Tomorrow, LMA office hours number four it starts at 7 p.m. for Laser Master Academy members. And then Thursday, Boyce Kyle and I will be back for the viewer call in. It's Laser Source Zapped, guys. If you want to be on the show and let us know what you think the best laser is for beginners, please. Come on air. Let us know. Let's talk about it. The release for that is already in the description of that video. So if you see our live videos that are coming up, you can check that out. I've made a couple posts. You can find it on the LMA. You can find it on the Facebook page. It's out there. Uh, sign the uh, sign the release. Come yes. on as a guest. We would love, we would love to hear your opinions about that. That'll be Thursday, right here at nine o'clock. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that it, guys? Follow. It goes. We're also on Twitch now. Follow we are on Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. If you if you're on Twitch, guys. Uh, go go hit us on Twitch. Boyce has been working really hard on the social media. We got uh, Twitter is going. Instagram is going. TikTok is going. Uh, he's putting up great clips of the podcast. Uh, and they're, they're getting a lot of attention. So if you don't follow us on those places, search Laser Everything. We come up. Uh, and Discord, Facebook group, links in the uh, description yeah. below. If you need a hand picking your first laser, that's the first place that I would go to get help because uh, our community is there are amazing well that's and, where uh, I, that's how i found out what laser yeah. I, learned. I went to your discord and i started yeah. asking questions for like two weeks yeah for sure and then everybody sure. helped me kind of narrow it down honestly that's how i did it yeah definitely never um, be afraid to ask questions never be afraid to ask questions guys uh laser everything is the place you want to do that and uh i think that is all we've got for this episode of the laser source podcast thank you so much for watching don't forget to smash the like button come back after the stream is over and uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, the edit version should be going up tomorrow morning. So keep an eye out for that. And until next time, guys, uh, have a great night. It's great seeing y'all. Thanks for coming by. Bye.